The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and knelradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Good morning and welcome to The Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on The Network Live, we'll be hearing a prophetic word by Pastor Hank Kuhneman, titled, Your Divine Surprise. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, please find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. Now here's Pastor Hank Kuhneman with Your Divine Surprise, prophetic word for 2019. mention something before I preach because I've been talking about a new season and uh, we've been talking about that this year 2019 is very unique in the sense that God is up to something to bring divine surprises on November 30th of this year something significant took place in in the earth in regards to the United States and uh, God prophesied three years prior on October 14th 2015 he began to declare that something would happen when a president would die and then when he would be you know, laid to rest, that whole process. Uh, and he said, don't be surprised when the soil of the land shakes. Well, on November 30th, there was the passing of George Bush Sr., the 41st president, and there was a 7.0 earthquake in Alaska. And in the prophecy from October, when the Lord prophesied this three years before that happened, he said, when you see this, this is going to mark a new era and a new thing that I'm doing. And so here's the prophecy three years prior, October 14th. It says, the Lord says, in the times that are, are, are about to be upon you, America, I will show visible signs that there is a shaking, wow, that is begun by the hand of God, the Most High. There shall be a former president that shall be laid to rest. And when this happens, this will be a, a sign of an end of an era, an end of an old thing. So that means a new thing's going to happen. And then he says, now look, now look at what God does. He gives you a sign. Don't be afraid when you even see a shaking that shall come by the way of the soil of this land. Now think about it. Of all places, Alaska, you know, and nobody died. And it was a 7.0 earthquake, which is a total miracle. And, and God is shaking the northern hemisphere. That's why the, the one in North Korea was raising his head, because it, it symbolizes what God is doing in the spirit that's manifesting in the natural. And this is really interesting because... It's a new era. Now, notice what USA uh, News said about the passing of George Bush uh, uh, Sr. It says, George H.W. Bush passing is an end of an era. Now, this is what they just said, but God said it three years prior. How many catch it? Now, if you think about it, he's the 41st president. In other words, uh, Reagan was the 40th. He was the 41st. In other words, it's the beginning of something new, a new era, 41. Why 41. Because if you look at 40, 40 is the number that often represented testing. Sometimes it was judgment. Sometimes it, was a, it represented a generation, okay? A generation that would end or a new generation that would come. So being 41 represents what Jesus said. Unless a seed falls into a ground and dies, how can it bear fruit? He was speaking of himself. So in other words, the bearing, the death of this former president represents a former era, but it represents a new era that's coming a new day that is beginning to unfold over the United States and the earth. And it's amazing because Jesus was in the wilderness how many years? 
40 years, or 40, 40 days, not 40 years. He was in the desert. 40, man, there's such a strong anointing, I can hardly talk. There was, a, there was 40 days that he was in the wilderness. And then what happened after 40 days? The Bible says in the book of Luke that he shows up somewhere. And it says before he shows up in the temple, hello church, it says the power of the Lord was present. Okay? He was driven from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what happened in 40 years, all of a sudden the 41st, you could say, regarding Jesus, he's now walking in power. He goes into the temple and he says, look, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. In other words, this is it. It's a new era, and I am it. But Matthew chapter 4, speaking of the same story, it says those that sat in darkness saw a great light. Well, if somebody is in darkness and sees a great light, it means they were awakened. And how many understand that something that has happened now in the earth with this that has, in the natural it would seem, but God says it's a new era, the shaking of the soil is to represent. Anytime something was shaken in the scripture, when Jesus uh, was crucified on the cross, it was the end of an old and beginning of what? A new era. And there was something being resurrected. People get upset when they look at things that are happening in the earth because they can't see it with spiritual eyes. To understand that there is an end of an era, something new now that the 41st has been laid to rest, something is unfolding, a new chapter is coming. God is resurrecting this land and he's getting ready to move upon his church in a great awakening that is coming upon this earth like our eyes have never seen before. And in fact, let me give you a scripture. Matthew 9, verse 33, when Jesus... Um, cast the devil out of a man. They said, and, and, and he began to minister in healing. They said, we have never so seen this in all of Israel. Mark chapter 2 also, Matthew 9, 33. We've never seen this in all of Israel. In other words, the never so seen showed up. It was a new era. It was a new season. God was and affecting things around the earth. And when we come into faith with what God is saying, it begins to happen because the Lord does nothing, Amos 3, 7, in the earth, nothing. Nothing means what? Nothing. nothing, unless he reveals it unto his servants who speak for him prophetically. Okay? And so God is declaring this, this new era. That we are in an amazing time. Now, I say all that because when you hear these words that I'm about to speak to you and preach to you regarding it being a new year, I want you to look at Luke chapter 1, and, and we're going to look at this verse again, and then we're going to move to Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. But the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary, and it's amazing when he shows up, the first thing he says to her is, he says, fear not. And this is really important because some people are in fear. They, they're, they're looking and hearing the things that are taking place in the earth. In fact, Jesus gave us a warning. He said, be careful when you're listening too much and watching too much what's happening on the earth. He said, your heart will begin to fail because you're paying too close attention to what's happening on the earth that you're not paying attention on what I'm doing, or you're not keeping your eyes on me. So the angel says, fear not, don't get over into fear. But Mary, God has a surprise for you. Now, as I was praying before the Lord, I said, God, what do you want me to say regarding this year to the people? And he kept saying to me, Hank, this is a new era. And this was before the president died. I didn't understand President uh, Bush uh, Sr. died. I didn't know what it meant. And I didn't, didn't understand when he kept saying, it's a new era, it's a new chapter, something new is coming. 
And it's going to be different. It's going to be greater. And then he began to say, tell the people my agenda. And my agenda is this shall be known as the year of divine surprises. In Mary's case, and really in your case, and this is what I love about what Pastor Rod's been preaching uh, in Columbus, Ohio, is he called 2009 the year of birthing. But if you think about it, when the divine surprise came in Mary's life, it was a birthing. In other words, what I love about a divine surprise is sometimes it might be something that you wrote down and you said, you know what, God, these are the things that I'm believing for. How many ever do that, you know, at the end of the year? You should. But then what, is, what a divine surprise is so amazing is because sometimes it can be something that you didn't even uh, think about, you, you, you didn't even talk to God about. Uh, it just hit you upside the head, surprise, 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 and you were like, whoa, I will take that. How many of you could take a few of God's divine surprises? Well, that's what happened with Mary. She wasn't, I mean, she was the one that God divinely hit upside the head and said, you are the one who the prophets prophesied, and now you are the one that's going to carry the, the, the fulfillment in your own body of this divine surprise. So God is declaring, don't get in fear. Listen to the word, just like he's declaring a new era. He's declaring for us to get in line with he's doing something new, and, and we have to be expecting. Now, Here's why this is important. Isaiah 43, I want you to look at verse 18. Now, this, when you look at Isaiah 43, verse 18, you have to see where it talks about an instruction. It says, don't remember the things of former, okay? Uh, don't even rehearse them. Don't dwell on them, one translation says, all right? Uh, what is, what, how am I liking that to this year? Okay, this is verse 18. Let's liken it to 2018. And it might just be, uh, where it's not that you focus on the bad things or the things that didn't happen. Oftentimes we do that in a new year. We get into a new year and, and then, uh, you know, we start thinking, well, golly, it's never going to get any better. I've heard all of these words. 2007, it's going to be like heaven. And it wasn't. 2007 was like a fire year. Okay. How many of you ever had that? It's like the very opposite of what is being announced and, and declared seems to be happening in your life, right? So you want to smash the coffee cup with the logo on it. You know, it says, you know, all that stuff. Or you, you look back and you say, well, golly, you know, 2018 was so great, so wonderful. This year is horrible, you know, and, and, and God doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to rehearse 2018, all the great and all the bad to the point that you're not positioning yourself. Listen, what kind of heartaches and headaches have you had? God is trying to say, listen, I don't want you to rehearse them. I want you to focus that there is a new era, a clean slate. Maybe you feel like, man, I messed up. I didn't do what I was supposed to. You know, this happened and that happened, and the reason why it happened is because I made a lot of mistakes. Listen, I love God because the first thing that he says about himself when he introduces himself to Moses, he says, listen, I am a good God. And so we have to understand that God's heart and his intention is always to be good and to do good towards us. Now, the reason I say this is because we're moving in now to verse 19, 2019. And God speaks through his prophet, and he says um, in verse 19, Behold, pay attention, look, I do a new thing. Notice he said, a what? A new thing. And notice he said when that new thing is going to begin to happen. Again, Matthew 9, 33, Mark chapter 2, verse 12. We have never so seen it like this. Why? It's a new thing. And so in a new thing, God is not going to delay. Not in this season. The new things begin to spring forth now. Notice what it says. Look. I, God speaking, will do a new thing, and it's going to come now. Now, how many of you ever heard of the law of first mention? When something's mentioned first in Scripture or you have the first example of it, you need to pay attention. 
because it's trying to draw you into a pattern or something significant that God wants you to understand about how he rolls. In the first miracle of Jesus, he turns water into wine because they ran out of wine, okay? We, I believe, in the United States have been between wines. We have not had a real, uh, another move of God like we saw uh, in the healing revivals or in the charismatic movement that hit in the 70s and 80s. It's just kind of like we've just been here. But something new is on the horizon, getting ready to be released. So Jesus turns the water into wine. He takes something in the natural, and he does something new. Nobody had ever turned water into wine that I know of. So it was a new thing. But notice it wasn't tomorrow. He did it now because when he gives it to the governor of the feast, the one in charge, he says, how is it that you have saved the best wine for what? For now. So what is the first mention? What is it that God's trying to get you to see? He is wanting to show you that he can take anything in the natural and cause it to be super natural. Super in the natural. And it won't have to be delayed. It can happen now. Mark chapter 6, we're going to look at it at, at verses 45 is where we're going to start. We're going to look out of the English Standard Version if they have that, because I think it reads simple. But I want you to understand when you look at the book of Mark and you look at this account, this is a, a very interesting situation. Jesus was getting ready to walk out on the water. The disciples, they were tired. They had been ministering a lot with the Lord. Now, the different accounts, as you read about what takes place in Mark 6 when they get in the boat, you have to understand what was happening before. Okay, let me give you an example. Jesus, you'll read in, in, the, in the two accounts in the other Gospels, you can go to the book of Matthew and see it, is Jesus multiplies the five loaves and two, and two fishes, and he does this for the Jews. Okay? So he multiplies the bread first to the Jews. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and the gospel is and was preached first to who? The Jews. Then the next time you read just a few chapters later, as you see what takes place, he now multiplies, I believe it was um, seven loaves and some fish, okay? And he does it for the Gentiles, right? Because he's trying to show that the gospel is not just for the Jews, but the Jews first. Now the bread of life has to be given to the Gentiles. So that's why you see it in that sequence. But in the middle of all this, there's like two storms that happen in the disciples' uh, ministry with Jesus. And it, it, it's pretty interesting because in Mark chapter 4, just before Mark 6, verse 35, Jesus tells them, he says, get in the boat and let's go to the other side. And Jesus gets in the boat with them and something begins to happen. As they're in the boat, Jesus is asleep on a pillow, okay? And they are in the middle of a storm. And this storm is so wicked, so violent in Mark 4, verse 35, that they, they, they literally are afraid. They think they're going to die. And they wake up Jesus and they say, Jesus, don't you know that we're going to die? And Jesus gets up and he rebukes uh, the disciples. He says, listen, where's your faith? But he rebukes the wind. And, and they said, who is this man that even the sea and the wind obey him? Now, keeping something in mind. I say this because oftentimes when we prophesy to you and say a particular prophetic word, you are going to be tested. Now, God does not test any man with evil. He doesn't put sickness, disease, car accidents, destruction to kill, to steal, or to destroy. 
John chapter 10, Jesus made it clear. He said, the devil steals, kills, and destroys. And then Jesus makes a, a differentiate, differentiates between it and says, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. This storm was trying to kill them. Mark 4, are you listening? And so Jesus gets up. He would never rebuke his father. He rebukes the devil. You say, well, how do you know? Because the minute they get out of the boat, in Mark chapter 5, Mark 4, the storm. Jesus rebukes it. It's an evil spirit or evil spirits. He gets out the boat, Mark chapter 5, the first verse, and there is a man with a legion of demons. Thousands of devils is controlling this man and controlling a whole region. And they didn't want Jesus to come over and, and, and rock their region. Okay? So sometimes when the word of the Lord, remember Mark 4, 35, Jesus says, let's go to the other side. I bring it down to today, 2019, behold, I do new things now, 2019, the year of divine surprises. That word goes out in the spirit, and sometimes the enemy will do what he always does. Mark chapter 4, he will try to steal the prophetic word. That's why in the days of Moses, in the days of the Messiah being born, he comes after the word and, 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 and has abortion, where, he, where they kill the children two years and below. Because hopefully he could steal the word or kill the Messiah if he was born. Are you listening? So the enemy will always try to challenge your word. Okay? So as you are entering into 2019, don't give any place to the devil. Don't. Now, I say all that because, let's continue. Mark 5, they deal with this devil. And then in the meantime, they, they, they get the news that John the Baptist had his head cut off. And so... It, Jesus is, Matthew 14's version, he's upset, he's grieving in his heart, this really hurts him, so he wants to go get away, he tells his disciples, hey, let's get in a boat, let's just get away together, and they, they privately wanted to get away, and so as a result, they try to get away, they're super tired, they just got done feeding the multitudes, just went through a major storm, now the multitudes know where Jesus is at, and they begin to throng him again, and guess what he has to do? Feed him again, right? Are, are you listening? So they are dog tired, this has been... So now Jesus, coming up to Mark 6 now, says, okay, disciples, here it is. Hey, it's been a rough year, okay? But I have a divine surprise for you, and they don't even know it. So he, so he tells them, he says, go ahead and get in the boat. I'll catch up with you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss the crowd, okay? So let's pick up the story. So Jesus, immediately, Mark 6, 45, he makes his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethesda. While he dismisses the crowd, and after he takes leave of them, he goes up into the mountain to pray, okay? And this is so important if you want divine surprises. You've got to be people of prayer. And when evening came, so was it dark, yes or no? Evening had come. The boat was out in the middle of the sea. John 6, we're going to read that translation, says it was out in the middle of the sea. And he was alone on the land, but yet he saw that they were making headway painfully. Now, how in the world it's nighttime, you're going to see in John chapter 6 version that they were three to four miles out in the middle of the sea the disciples had already rowed from the time that they got done with the crusade. Can you imagine three to four miles out in the middle of the sea and you're, you're, you're painfully trying to row to just get to the other side? Come on, how is that in life? You're just trying to pay your bills. You're trying to just get that healing to manifest in your body. You're trying to get that marriage restored. You're trying to see your children serve the Lord or, or return to the Lord as prodigals. You're trying to see your business become successful. 
Okay, you're rowing against the things that are coming at you headway. So some things is not the devil. I want to show you that sometimes because in this version or this story of Mark 6, it doesn't mention the evil entity behind the storm. It doesn't. Sometimes life can just dish out a lot. Sometimes the more technological advanced we are, the more difficult life can be. That's why you talk to your grandparents. They didn't have a stove. They didn't have a phone. They didn't have fire. They didn't have shoes. And they call it the good old days. Now I sit around with my children and I say, boy, I remember uh, the day of no social media. I remember the day of no cell phones. I remember the day of when you wanted to talk to your girlfriend, you had to sit in the kitchen until my parents, hello, mom, I know you're watching me, until you put that one in the garage and I go out and sneak and talk to the girls out there in the garage. So, but you had to be attached to the phone. Every once in a while you hear, hello. You remember that? Come on, how many of you grew up in the good old days? So sometimes life just throws stuff at you. And that's what happened here in Mark 6. Man, they're rowing and they're three to four miles. Now notice something. Go back to Mark 6 here. Look at this. Jesus is on the land. It's dark. And he's out there and his disciples are three to four miles out into the sea. How in the world does he see them? Okay. When you hear the vessels up here say, the Spirit of God says, listen to me, United States. I'm riding this nation. Some people only heard that as a certain affiliation of a party where God even said in the prophecies, he said, I'm not speaking politically even though you think I am. How many remember that? Where God says there will be something that arises as, as put it back. Okay, we, we hear it in our head and we all start formulating what we think it might be. But God is trying to announce something. He's trying to say something. He sees it and he's wanting that to be revealed. Okay, let me say this. If you want to see... Your divine surprise is manifested. You've got to pray. He saw that they were making headway. Don't ever think that God doesn't pay attention. The wind was contrary against them. What's been against you? Has it been lack? Has it been you haven't had a job for who knows uh, how long? You haven't had an income. You haven't had any bills really getting paid. You're deeper in debt. Uh, maybe you haven't had a, a, a real date with a godly person in a long time. And you know, I believe your season is coming. I really do. And I also believe in my heart that we are coming in divine surprises. I love my wife of almost 30 years. And Brenda and I, I'll never forget when Bill Hammond prophesied to us. He didn't, he didn't know us at that time. He said, man, who are these two people? He said, God says, when the angels saw you two, he said, oh, God, how is this going to work? They're so strong. But the Lord says, they are a marriage and a match that's been made personally by me in heaven. Now, I say that because my wife lavishes me with love all the time. I mean, I'm a very spoiled guy. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, uh, she is just so, Brenda, you're amazing. And I try to lavish you with love too. And if I'm not doing good, just let me know. I'll try better. But here's the point. The point is, God wants to lavish you with his love this year. He wants to just pour out his love and his blessing because here's why. He sees what's been contrary coming against you. He sees how hard and how long that you have been rowing. Now, uh, this is important because I want you to continue. Now, watch this. This is amazing to me. The wind was against them, and it was the fourth watch of the night, and Jesus began to walk on the sea. Now, notice this next word. He meant, or one translation, literally says, on purpose, he was going to walk right past them. This is a year where you will be tested. Not by the storms that we read about in Mark 4 that's trying to kill you, steal, or destroy. But you will be tested as Israel was tested. Okay, You've got to read in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 8 
it says that the children of Israel, God put them in the wilderness to test them, to try them, to see what was in their heart. It was only supposed to be a week journey, but they prolonged it by their doubt, their unbelief, talking wrong. So God is not afraid to test the heart and the motive. How bad do you want divine surprises is what he's testing. How bad do you want him? And so he was going to walk right past them. Now, don't ever think that God doesn't test with water. Sure he does. When the children of Israel uh, were, were, they didn't have any water and, and they didn't have anything to eat, what did he do? He had Moses who was supposed to speak to the rock the first time, right? And God tested them and he provided water. At one point, he brought them to the waters of Marah. Exodus 15, which means the water of bitterness, because he was testing them, showing them, this is your heart. Gideon's army of Judges uh, 7 is when there was 32,000 that were part of the army. And God says, hey, there's too much. I need to test them by water. And there was 300, and it was those who would bring the water up to their mouth where they could look and drink and, look at, and keep their eyes on the enemy. He said, those are the warriors. Those are the 300 I want. Okay, how many understand that? I'll give you more examples of waters of testing. But this was a test. This was a test from Jesus. How bad, I know you're tired, disciples. I know there's been a lot of things coming at you. I know it's been a hard and tough season. But I want you to see that I am coming with a visitation. I just need you to do something. You know what he does? He walks right up to them, but here's what they did. They thought it was a ghost. You know the biggest problem that we have in the United States as Christians? Like in the midterm elections, we see the House get the, no, we see the Republicans get the Senate, the House go to the Democrats, and we stone the prophets. Or we get mad at God, we get mad. And we attribute everything that happens to the devil. Because we cannot see sometimes a visitation of God coming our way. We attribute it to evil. How do you get your divine surprises to touch your life? Your finances, your business, your body, your children, your marriage, your dogs. How? You have to invite him. You have to cry out. Come on. When, when Peter was sinking in Matthew 14 in the water, he prayed the most powerful prayer you could pray. You know what? That's two words. I think maybe three words. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Or, or help, one word. When you pull God in, you bring the divine surprise into manifestation in your life. Keep crying out. Keep declaring to God. Now, John 6, this is it. We close with this. John 6, look at verse 16. You have to see this. Same account. Three to four miles out. Watch what happens when Jesus comes in John chapter 6. They begin to cry out. And when evening was come, the disciples went down to the sea. You know the story? He entered into the ship and went over to the sea to Capernaum and now dark and Jesus was not with them. So now Jesus begins to walk. Verse 18, he's walking and there's a great wind that blows and all of a sudden something happens. They recognize that it's Jesus. They cry out to him and he says, don't be afraid. Verse 20, he said, don't be afraid. It's I. Now watch what happens. Watch what takes place. You say, why is this so important? What was the first miracle of Jesus? Water to wine, when? Now, it was aged wine, which means it had to be accelerated. Right? We are in the season of acceleration. How do you know? Because when he said, it is I, look at the next verse. 
Then they willingly received him into the ship. In other words, once you invite Jesus, that's the test. Don't let him pass you by this year. Don't let those divine blessings and divine surprises pass you out. You call it in. Lord, this is the year of divine surprises. Lord, I receive my divine surprises. And when you do, he gets into your boat, the divine surprise, which he was on the... They didn't recognize him. He was a divine surprise. Immediately. Notice that word, immediately. Look this up in other translations. It's not just immediately. Other translations, miraculously, supernaturally. One says he was transported. In other words, here they are three to four miles out in the middle of the sea. The minute the divine surprise shows up and they call it in, they are now accelerated to the very place that they were heading. In other words, look at how fast things are going to come in your life. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.